Okay, good morning, everybody. Everybody's well. Happy Friday for those who are joining us live. Happy whatever day week it is for you. Thanks so much for joining us. We've been having the conversation about the roots of life. Success happens many times on the way to something else. How many times has this happened in your own life where you think you want to be this profession? And while you're doing that profession, there's a piece of it that you like much better that leads you into a different profession. I mean, this is like all the time. Here's, but here's the difference. There's no, there's no like, I mean, it's, it's great, but it's not really great to like look back and be like, oh, right. It worked out. That's great. But greatness really is when you're at the beginning of the detour, right? When you, when you detour off the road and you're like regular about it and then it works out and you're happy about it, that's okay. But if we can develop the ability for us to get excited when the detour starts, that's now we're talking greatness. Now we're doing great. Now we're at the next level. Because many times the detours off the road doesn't ever translate into true success because we're not enthusiastic early enough. This is all the opportunities that we lose. Warren Buffett said this once, what a brilliant man. He said that when he sits in an annual shareholders meeting, he has to defend all the bad decisions. He says, how come you guys never ask me on all the good decisions and ask me, how come I didn't double down? I took the detour. I went down a road. Why wasn't I more, more enthusiastic? This thing worked out. Why wasn't I more bullish on the thing so that as opposed to making 20% of my money on in, Barf, in Warren Buffett land, $100 million, we could have made 20% of our money on $500 million, which would have done more for our year than why did I bet on the wrong horse? Why did I make that investment decision? There's so many times in life when we're going down these detours where God throws us the challenge, where God gives us that curveball. He hands us that person in our lives. He hands us the market that changes. He hands us the, the virus that shuts the world down. I've been speaking to people now, and they're now, we're now, now the fetching becomes traveling, right? In the old days, you fetched, when I mean old, I mean 18 months ago, you fetched about not traveling. Now you're catching about traveling. So the people that are, thank God for those that were able to get through the, the virus and just only had disruption of travel, let's say. God bless them. People were healthy, thank God. Now they're looking back and going, oh my gosh, why didn't I appreciate that? I was like, so crazy. Why don't I appreciate the time that I had? Nobody traveled. Businesses were operating remotely. I had more time to do X, Y, and Z, but I was so focused on what I couldn't do that when I was put on a detour called COVID and head down a road that I didn't expect, 
Why wasn't I enthusiastic when I first got on that detour? Why am I enthusiastic after it's over? Parents, as they see their kids go off to college or Israel or marriage or wherever, and they turn and go, where was I? Why didn't I appreciate it more when they were little, when they were in my house, when they needed me? We're constantly we're looking back at the detours of our life. I don't say kids are a detour, but many times they are. They're not detours, but their schedules are detours. Like kids' schedules are detours to parents' schedules many, 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 many times. You look back and go, why didn't I just take that detour? I had to stay home anyways. I had to be here. I couldn't go here. Whatever. Why don't I do it enthusiastically? Why? Now that they're already old and out of the house, I don't, I, I was, I did the best I could, but I could be more successful. I was in school. Why don't I take it? Why don't I take it? Why don't I do it more enthusiastically? I was there. I, I went to this school, I went to this university. I went to this college. I had this time. I went to this, this graduate school. I could have I could have studied anything. I could have prepared myself differently. Why was I so focused on getting out? I was there anyways. I was able to spend some time studying. You know, there's some people get the, the benefit, really. It's a gift. They get married and then there's a there's a I don't say it's a custom, but there's a now a common practice that after marriage, many couples they get to go to Israel and study Talmud and Torah for like two years three years, four years, a year, they get a couple, of, they get some time. Then they come back, start their lives, whatever. Couples come back and they say, well, I was there. I, I, I was being supported. I had a young wife. Why didn't I just focus? We're always in this space that when God throws us things that is not the way we think it's going to roll, as opposed to being enthusiastic from the beginning and getting everything along. And I am just as fault as everybody else. No one should think I got this down. We're all the same way. We like going where we want to go. We like speed walking. We like knowing train door opens up, train door closes. I go, I'm on that thing. We, all, we, like, we like knowing exactly how to get to it. We, we like that. Everybody likes that. So much of our lives is going to be based on the enthusiasm that we feel when God detours us. I was talking to somebody today, business professional, great guy. So much of his growth came because this is a very challenging year in some industries. And he was given an enormous amount of responsibility in a very challenging year in his industry. We were talking about it and he was seeing it that every day was more challenges and more challenges and more challenges. He had no idea when he projected the year, he had no clue what he was, he was in for. But he was learning and seeing that he he never thought he can grow. It would have taken him five years to, to learn what he learned in this one year. This, by the way, I'm going to talk about this hopefully a little bit on the um on the timeless lessons, 
so much of Abraham, so much of what we've learned from him is he had this ability to go with enthusiasm. God's first commandment to Abraham was go, lech, go. I know you're comfortable where you are. Remember, Abraham left at 75 to go to Canaan, a desert, uninhabited or inhabited by strangers. He wasn't a kid. He wasn't 30. He, he didn't ask for it. He wasn't backpacking across Europe. He was an established, world-renowned figure. Abram had discovered God, depending on the, 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 the different opinions, decades earlier. He was thrown into a fiery furnace by the king of the town, the land, Nimrod, and walked out. He was world famous. He was settled. He had a, an institution of outreach. And God's like, detour. No, I, I got it. I see what you're doing. Detour. No, pick up your family. No, I got it. No, I know you're settled. I know you're doing good stuff. I'm all for it. I'm proud of you, babe. Really. All power to you. Get up and go. He's like, what do you mean? Get up and go. Where am I going? I could be productive right here. I, I know how to get to the train. I know how to get to the building by now. Abram's like, I know where the train stops are. Like, let me be me. I'm 75. Right? Like, I got it together. I'm doing good stuff. I'm preaching your name. Right? Don't you want me to preach your name in a way that works? People are coming in. They're hearing the word of God. It's working. And God's like, yeah, got it. Detour. Pick up your family. And everybody that you, you brought along with you, camels. There's no like get in an Uber and send your stuff and go fly Delta. Camels. I don't know. Like donkeys. How do they travel back then? Oh, pickup trucks. Hasta luego. Like, do your thing. And Abram, he's probably, can you imagine? And guess what? He gets to Canaan, Canaan. You know what God does? Like, this is like, um, you can't, now in hindsight, like, it's not a big deal for us, but like, just put yourself in Abraham's shoes. He brings a famine to the land. God is like, go here. Abram's like, I can't, I'll, fine, I'll go. He didn't do that. He's Abraham. He's like, I'm going. He gets to the land. You know what he should be seeing? What would you be thinking? If God sends you to a land, what would you think when you get there? It's like the Garden of Eden, right? You would think, you know, God's sending you to some nice resort, some grass, I don't know, a waterfall, you know? Maybe there's a beach. I don't know. Something nice. God created a gorgeous world. You think he can put, you think he could tuck his number one guy in a spot? You know what I'm saying? Like the CEO. You don't think the CEO can get a corner office? Gets to Canaan? And God's like, yeah, oh, by the way, yeah, mm -hmm. there's no food. Now he's got to go down to Egypt. He was, he was settled earlier. He's got to go to Canaan. He cannot, why did he, what is he doing? Detour, 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 detour. There's something amazing. I heard a beautiful opinion on this. Listen to this. It's so beautiful. For those who have, have a sense of the Bible story, all you need is a sense of the Bible story to see the beauty of this. I forgot where I heard this from, but it was brilliant. 
wasn't mine. It was somebody else. You know that later on, when the, when the Jews came down to Egypt with the times of Joseph, Joseph was given the mantle of leadership in Egypt. He was, he was given basically it. Now, that seems like normal to us because we all grew up with the, with the Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat, Bible story, Torah, Chumash, wherever you're holding, where, wherever you get this from. But if, we, if you think through the story, kings have officers. They have people in, that are in charge of divisions. Joseph gave Pharaoh an interpretation of his dream that was right. Guess what? Pharaoh had multiple dream interpreters, and I'm sure they got it right a whole bunch of times. Pharaoh had people that were the head of the army and the head of the agriculture and the head of uh, food distribution. He was king. He probably had an infrastructure secretary, probably had a defense secretary, probably had a secretary of state, secretary of education, right? Like that's how you run a government. Joseph showed up, got a dream right. You know what he gets for that? He gets to run the country. He becomes the number two. Wait, why? Let him just run the agriculture. Why wasn't Pharaoh like, hey, kid from jail who's 30, good job on the interpretation. You have two options. You can go into the interpretation section. You live here. Or you can run the agriculture and you become my agricultural secretary. Why do you go from interpreting a dream to running the entire country? So listen to this beautiful approach that I heard. And it's backed up in all these sources. I don't have time for it. Joseph looked like somebody. And there's a lot of ways to connect this. Not for now. Take my word for it. He had an, some effeminate qualities to it. So Joseph used to curl his hair. He had some effeminate qualities. You know what he looked like? He looked like his great-grandmother. Great-great-grandmother. Sarah. Why is that important for him? Because you know what God did for Abraham? He brought him to Canaan. You know what he did next? detour he brought him down to egypt you know what happened when he got to egypt sarah his beautiful wife was kidnapped by the guards and sent to the palace and pharaoh fell in love with her and the commentators say that pharaoh wanted to take her as a wife but he was plagued and he understood that the plague was done because he took her so he gave her back to abraham but before he gave her back to abraham the commentators say that pharaoh made a statue of sarah so that he would always have her he crowned her queen before he gave her back when he wanted to marry her and then after the plague broke out he couldn't he gave her back to abraham and he made a statue of her so abraham detours goes to canaan goes down to egypt sarah gets kidnapped he then leaves Egypt. But when he leaves Egypt, he gets two things. Sarah has a statue now in the palace after being crowned queen. And Abraham gets tons and tons and tons of wealth. That detour changed everything. Because now Abraham comes back a wealthy man and he can establish himself. And he can establish Canaan, which becomes Israel. Which is why when we land in Israel, it's our homeland because Abraham settled there. But I'll tell you something better. That statue stayed in the home of Pharaoh. 
as one of the queens of, in, of Egypt. And when Joseph showed up and he walked in front of Pharaoh and he saw him and he looked like his great-grandmother, Sarah, he said, oh, it's royalty. They're back. You're now in charge of the country. God set up Joseph with the detour of Abraham. It wasn't a detour. And you could be sure that when Abraham shows up at Canaan and he sees that there's a famine, his first door could have been really, really not Abraham. You don't become a forefather by having such small amount of faith. The whole game that he played with God, going and coming, set up the future of his people, of his kids and his grandkids. We're still benefiting it right now. Every time you fly into that land, you flew into that land because when God said to Abraham, go, he said, I'm going. How do we know? How do we know if our detours aren't setting us up for what we're looking for? How do we know if our detours aren't setting up our kids and our grandchildren? How do we know? The detours of our lives aren't making us better five years from now, 10 years from now, not giving us insights and sensitivities and understandings. How do we know? Belief. This is what, this is the practicalness of it. The challenge, I'm not any better than anybody else. We're saying it together to grow together. The challenge comes my way. I don't know why. But I know that if I act with enthusiasm, I'll get most of the benefit from it. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Abraham not knowing why his wife got kidnapped from the, by the king of Egypt? And only later did it all come out. That, that little stint in the palace set up Joseph being able to be the second in command to Egypt, setting up an entire system for the Jews to come down to Egypt, saving them from the next, the next famine that took place then. And creating the basis, if you will, of how they then emerge to becoming the Jewish people. All right, we'll talk about it. All right, everybody. Think about this over the weekend. <clears throat> how do I become more enthusiastic on my challenges so that I can get through them better? How many times in my life I look back at things that were a little annoying or challenging or frustrating that later on I wish I had delved in a little bit more enthusiastically? Together. Together, we can be greater. All right, have an amazing day, an amazing weekend. Shabbat shalom. God's help, I can't wait to see you next week.